0: Launched the company in 2013, Co Schedule. It is the all in one marketing and content calendar. They uh, are up around 65 folks on their team, $2.7 million raised, serving 8,000 customers, uh, doing around 400000 bucks in monthly recurring revenue, healthy logo churn monthly, and obviously super healthy life to ratio. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have.
1: I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000
0: unit sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing though, this database, Hello, everybody. My guest today is Garrett Moon. He's the CEO and co-founder of Schedule, the web's most popular marketing calendar and the fastest-growing startup in North Dakota. As a thought leader, he's been blogging and speaking about content marketing, social media marketing, and startup business for more than seven years. Garrett, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, I can't wait. All right, yeah. So, okay, you can't come on my show and say you're the fastest growing in Kansas without backing that up somehow. How do you know you're the fastest growing?
1: Uh, well, fastest growing in North Dakota, and uh, oh, sorry, North Dakota. Just, you know we have less than a million people in our state total so we kind of know everybody we we can know what's going on <laughs> uh so you know it's just uh, by proxy and um, you know understand the area but uh yeah it's uh, great to be on and um
0: so no. we should so we should rephrase it you're, you're the only software company in north dakota <laughs> Th-
1: that i wouldn't say that i definitely wouldn't say actually uh our fargo uh is you know fargo north dakota has a great startup ecosystem and it's growing every year so we're really excited about about the entrepreneur economy in, in bismarck but and in north dakota but yeah all right so tell us Not what the com-
0: tell us what the company does and what's your revenue model how do you make money
1: yeah, so uh, CoSchedule is your standard SaaS uh, B2B company. So uh, you know our, our model is is pretty well understood out there. We build a marketing calendar um, and marketing uh, management tool for companies that are managing marketing, for agencies uh, that are managing you know a lot of different projects for different clients. Um, that goes to you know content, blog posts, social media, email marketing. Uh, we really provide a tool where they can do it all in one place, save a ton of time, improve their team's communication and efficiency, and all those uh, sorts of things. And what's the average customer paying you per month, would you say? Uh, so our plans range, you know, about, about $40 a month up to about six, $700 a month, um, you know, and then up past that in some higher plans. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, you know, average customer is probably gonna be between 50 and 150 bucks
0: okay, so, a month or so. So we'll call it kind of maybe 75 ish range. Uh, but that helps us kind of get dialed in. Now, the obvious yeah. question listeners are going to be going is Nathan, why would I do this? I could just use my like Google calendar, right? So help us understand, tell us a story, a real story of a customer using you guys.
1: Yeah, so I think that's the exact problem, right, is that you could use a Google Calendar, but you're also gonna need uh, some additional tools for actually content creation, Uh, so you're gonna bring in word processors, you're gonna need publishing tools, uh, your website, your blog, or places where it's going, uh, plus social media, plus email marketing. There's a lot of moving pieces once you get into marketing, and there's more and more channels that we have to care about every single year. Um, So our customers really come to us, and what they're looking for is saying, hey, we have all of these, we we always call it the marketing stack, this broad marketing stack, and, Everything's disconnected. It's disorganized. There's no clear communication with my team, and we're really allowing them to start bringing all that in house. So we, so you know, on top of your Google Calendar, we're adding an entire project management layer. Uh, and task management layer, communication center for your team. We're also adding publish step syncing, we call it. So when you actually create a blog post or something on our calendar, we're actually gonna publish that and make it go live on WordPress and then we can uh, start to uh, automate things from there like your social media or email marketing or different aspects of uh, what you're doing.
0: So could, could the audience may think of this almost like a marketing version of Basecamp or Trello?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think you think about it like that, except for with marketing, we're really about the marketing schedule. So the calendar becomes really the center point for what they're doing. Um, and then we're adding those direct integrations with the marketing tools that they're using every day.
0: Got it. Okay. Give us some of the backstory here. Uh, when did you launch the company?
1: Uh, we launched late twenty thirteen and uh, really got off the ground uh, in twenty fourteen after we took our first round of funding. Um, and you know, again, to a little bit of our backstory, my my co-founder and I were uh, running a marketing agency. We were doing website design and some custom development, and we were doing all of our own marketing. You know, our own blog posts, our own social, um, and it was working really well for us to gain clients. But you started, you know, we were able to kind of get a first hand look at some of the problems that were uh, inherent in the workflow and in the industry.
0: So that was 2013. You said he really hit the ground running in 2014, but do you remember what yeah. first, do you remember what first year revenue was in 2013? How low was it?
1: Uh, gosh. Uh, you know what? We probably closed the year with almost a hundred customers. Actually, in just a, a couple months we launched towards the end of September and probably two or three months. You're we probably just around 90 customers. Um, you know, so like, you know, thousand bucks, 1500 bucks in MRR something like that, pretty
0: low. <laughs> so maybe four or five grand in total that first year. And then you said you yeah. raised in, in 2014, how much did you raise in 2014 and how much total have you raised to date?
1: We raised uh, half a million dollars in 2014 total raise uh, to date is about 2.7,
0: 2.7 million. And, yep. and was that second round or third round that you did, was it priced or are you still doing convertible
1: notes? Uh, no, both our, both our rounds actually were priced, um, and you know a lot of that just has to do with the uh, investor community in our state um, and, and angels that were here and what they were used to seeing and the types of deals that we could put together. So we never really did the convertible note round, uh, so most of them are priced rounds, uh, and, and, and pretty simple, uh, clean, clean equity rounds. Mm-hmm. So 2013,
0: I guess that was, what, four or five years ago. Give us an update today. How many customers are you serving?
1: Yeah, we're serving more than eight thousand customers. You know, hundred plus countries, um, and uh, growing very quickly. And, and um, you know, we aren't really talking about revenue and stuff at this point, but uh, you can kind of do some, you know, head math.
0: Yeah, let me let me do some head math to get a general range here. If I take eight thousand <laughs> customers times a generally, we'll do a minimum. So we know you're definitely yeah. above this, right? Uh, you said the low end of the of the ARPU range was fifty bucks. You're somewhere you're north of four hundred grand in MRR at this point. Right around there. Yeah. Around there. Okay. Got it. Um, now is that because some of those are early customers, maybe
1: legacy at lower price points? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, I mean, in four years of business, you always have a variety of, of customers and price points. And you always try to do your best to kind of grandfather them in and, um, lots of, lots of war wounds and lessons learned there, but, um, uh, you know, it's just the way it goes.
0: So give me a story about a marketing, Kind of tactic or thing you did where you thought the cohort that you brought in from that tactic was going to perform very well but it surprised you and lifetime churn was way higher than your usual cohort or something
1: crazy happened sure. um well i think um you know, even one not too long ago, we, we, launched, uh, we launched a really good, great feature called Requeue. And Requeue is an automation tool. So lots of people are scheduling social messages inside of our tool. They have been for years. They have uh, tons of blog content there. And Requeue allowed them to start recycling some of those messages and reusing them to fill gaps in their social schedule. So it was a really cool feature. It's, it uses a lot of the intelligence of their social stream to figure out when the best time to publish is uh, to give them more traffic. And uh, what we love about it is obviously it's kind of one of those those great features where it's very sticky. Um, the more you more time the user invests into it, the more value they're going to see over time. And as they build up that content library, it really sticks with them really well. Um, and I think you know the, the lesson learned is we had we had great user adoption right away. It wasn't the first couple months you started to see uh, issues with the user adopting the tool, and that's really something that comes with every feature. Uh, it's one of those for us with Riku where uh, one of the lessons that we've learned is actually we made it too smart in the beginning. And we've actually had to add some uh, features to allow more manually scheduling for our users. And, and I think you know it goes it goes into that um, you know age old le- lesson for entrepreneurship. Like you really have to listen to your customer. And sometimes you get moving very quickly, uh, particularly as you get larger. And you 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 have the ability to ship quickly, get something out there, and you learn eh, a couple months. We kind of have to rebuild this. This just isn't isn't what we thought it was going to be. We end up having to kind of go back, fix the feature a little bit before we put it back out there.
0: You are no- Number three on product on back in on April 9th, 2017. You got a pretty healthy number of upvotes with 510. What did, how did that cohort yeah. perform? How many new website visits, new trials and new paid customers?
1: Uh, you know, I don't even know. Um, And and there may have been a bump, there may not have been. I think one of the things that a lot of those types of events, you know, you could feature on entrepreneur.com or Inc or or, those types of things we've had. We've had all of those things happen. And frequently they bring a bump in traffic. Uh, Frequently they don't result in a lot of uh, MRR. And uh, I think it'll be varied. I think if you're a a consumer based product, a B2C more based product, I think those types of things can do really well. Uh, For us, we're serving a really direct niche. We're looking at professional marketing teams. Uh, So those, those things tend to be a blip in terms of traffic. traffic um a lot of times we don't even see them come through anymore but uh, not always our our best places for conversions
0: okay we're talking about negative stuff here let's flip the script here what's the weirdest thing you've done to acquire good customers
1: um
0: (laughs) come on you're in north dakota you have to be scrappy give me something besides paid traffic and inbound marketing
1: we're really good at inbound marketing no that's that's uh, everyone do does that give me something weird they do i don't have anything weird we too are tradi- too traditional. that
0: legacy account where the, the 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 lead the lead comes in and it and it says team size 300 and you're doing the math in your head and you go oh my gosh this is like a $50,000 ACV what's you're like i got to do whatever i got to do to close this i mean what's the, you, there must be some story something weird you've done before
1: uh, well, there's lots of customers like that. I think where they came in through self-serve channels. And I think what's amazing is that they just kind of, like jumped into our app. We didn't necessarily uh, know how they got there right away. Um, and so you, you, you know, you certainly want to try and close that account, but realistically a lot of times early days, you can't, um, you can only push ACV so high.
0: So how did they, but, you yeah. said, you said you don't know how they found you in the beginning. I mean, obviously you have to figure that out to know where you want to double down your marketing. Where do those kinds of customers come from?
1: Which kind of larger customers? Well, yeah, the one you were just
0: well, the ones we were just talking about, yeah.
1: Our customer so we we really focused heavily on inbound marketing. We actually st- so maybe the weirdest thing we did is we actually started doing inbound marketing long before we even had written code uh we actually started with marketing for our entire product so we, we launched our site we started our blog and we started talking about the topic that we were building which um, is something that a lot of people are doing doing more so now they didn't do a lot of that in 2013 so um you know i actually published and wrote blog posts taking away from development time uh, every single week to build our email list mm-hmm. and so one of the, the, the cool pieces of that was when we launched we had over 10,000 people in our email list already interested in the product that we were launching
0: so 10k on email list content marketing before code writing yeah now i i was hoping what i was hoping you would go with this is to talk more i i agree with you you've done some really cool things in terms of inbound marketing it reminds me of what hubspot has done and and uh some others with like the website greater right so you've got some of these yeah. kinds of tools you have the headline analyzer and one other right. one the social media optimizer how are these working for you
1: Really good, Headline Analyzer, that is a weird one because we actually started looking at um, this mass uh, amount of data that we had in our our tool set, right? People were adding blog posts and they're scheduling social messages. So we had this really great correlation between the headlines that they were writing and the social messages they were sending and how well those those, uh, messages were performing. Um, So we started analyzing that. So like literally sifting through Excel files of headlines and breaking them out and trying to get hints as to what uh, types of headlines were performing well was a very long tail piece of marketing uh, that has paid off for us for multiple years. Headline Analyzer um, has brought in thousands to our email list, thousands of leads, thousands of customers. I mean, it's, it's been a huge, huge win. Um, Social Message Optimizer is the, same, is the same type of thing, right? We, we're starting to look at the data, millions of messages that we've sent and try to understand what separates the good ones uh, from the not so good ones and um, you know we have some more things in store for that as well but those are definitely the types of things where um, they're weird in that they're they're a heavy upfront investment uh, and oftentimes they require you to take development resources away from product I have to have engineers go up with sift data and help me kind of comb through some of those things I have to help have them help me build analyzers Uh, so I'm a product guy so it's always hard to take away from our product team Uh, but you know dedicating them to marketing pays off big time yeah but it it is
0: definitely like a high utilization kind of thing right it's kind of like right. it's kind of like the app that you install in movie theaters when you're watching the movie it tells you the best time to go take a bathroom break like in the moment when you're the perfect customer is looking for it boom it's right there and
1: they find you Yep, absolutely Yep. and, okay. they're, and they're highly targeted to our to our product niche
0: totally what do you get today in terms of total employees uh, our
1: headcount's around 65
0: okay and what's the breakdown on that like versus sales versus engineering
1: uh, yeah. I mean, about 50% is going to be product, uh, f- for us. Um, and then from there, you know, about 10, 10% each way in terms of success, sales, uh, marketing and, uh, admin. Awesome.
0: Makes good sense. Now, obviously with a lot of, uh, kind of social media marketing tools that I run into churn is a real issue because there's so many options. What is your logo churn? Or if you want to do a flip retention like annually,
1: so with churn, I think one of the advantages that we have is that the social media marketing industry, social media tools industry is definitely tough. It's sort of a race to the bottom in many ways. Um, and we really approach it more as we really see ourselves as content plus social social, rather than a social tool. Uh, so we definitely provide a high level of value in terms of the social features we have, but uh, really we're much more focused on how our customers are putting content and social together or how they're using social as part of their overall marketing campaign. Uh, so I think that helps us, that helps us and then keeps us down in, into the, uh, you know, below average in terms of what we're seeing from a lot of the, the other teams. Well, the tools so in what
0: Garrett, what is the number? I mean, what do you at retention wise annually?
1: I probably will not share that.
0: Okay. Well, when you say what is, I mean, when someone says they don't want to share something, usually I'm like, okay, is it maybe not as good as they say? I mean, when you say better than average in the industry, what do you consider average in the industry?
1: Uh, well, you know, you have a lot of people out there. I think with social, you see anything between four and seven, you know, in for of a B2C social tool. Right. So, uh, you know, we always look at that and we want to stay the way low side of that or below those, Got you know, those it. that range.
0: That's just to be clear. That's 4% in logo churn monthly. Right. Got it. What about, have you been, uh, built a predictable method of driving expansion revenue on these contracts year over year, or is the a kind of the ASP or the ARPU on that too low to really make that predictable? Uh,
1: Yeah. So we have. um, So we've we've experimented a few different things in terms of pricing, but um, but, you know, expansion revenue we do right now is primarily through tier. We're moving people up based on a a set of features, Uh, and you know, one of the things we find is. we're working on some things where we can do do more of that by just driving up per seat, per social profile, uh, which is something that um, is sort of something that's more new to us. As I think, as we've gone up market a little bit, it becomes more more obvious. Mm-hmm. So uh, expansion revenue for us in the early days was really tough. I mean, we kind of had this one product. We just didn't have enough product to tier properly. Uh, So it took a couple of years to really get enough there and enough tool and enough development behind it to where you could start tier by some features. But uh, we've done a lot of things where uh, we built what we call the p which we call the plan trial upgrade flow, which has allowed users to trial a feature set in a plan above theirs for 30 days, and then we'll move them uh, into that plan after that time. So, uh, you know, expansion revenue has been been able to be driven by some of those types of efforts.
0: Got it. And upfront, initially, on average, what are you paying to acquire these customers?
1: uh cost of acquisition is really low i mean it, it, if you look seven hundred dollars in almost every single case and is that fully uh, weighted
0: means, does that include marketing sales salaries or is that just paid spend
1: well so until just until last november we had we've had no paid uh, paid sales so we've done everything inbound self-serve so you have a, a small content marketing team um and then the occasional borrowed engineering resources are those so, costs still was-
0: included in the hundred bucks that was my question
1: uh, marketing team would be absolutely. Okay. We, usually don't, we usually don't figure in development resources into that.
0: No, no, yeah. Most people don't. No, I was just curious if it included marketing and sales salaries. So the answer there is it sounds like it is. And you're just now starting some yes. paid spend experiments.
1: Yeah, we do more and more paid spend. We can do more targeting that way. So what's the next step for you? Um,
0: you know, you've raised capital. You're clearly growing. Are you trying to? Um, are you looking at potentially raising additional capital to fuel growth, or are you happy with where you're at? You're profitable.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, we're definitely trying to feel growth. We just closed, um, you know, our second round over two million dollars here this past year, uh, and we're we're just into the scaling that we would looking to do with that. So, um, no, we have some very clear growth targets that we're looking to hit in the next year or two. Um, you know, for us, that's a, a continuing move up market as our as our product matures. Um, And we, you know, we really see a lot of, um, you know, growth opportunities for us with with larger teams, larger companies. They're coming to us. They're not finding the solutions out there. So, uh, you know, as we start to fill those gaps uh, in the tool set, they're seeing, we we see a lot of growth ahead.
0: Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, Garrett, let's wrap up here with the Famous Five. These are one word answers. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Uh, let's go with High Output Management, Andy Grove. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, I'm gonna go back to the Intel. I'm reading a book, the Intel Trinity. So Bob Noyce would be, would be the one right now.
0: Bob Noyce? Yeah, Robert Noyce. Yep, number three. I Intel CEO. you. Yep, number three, is there a, uh, oh, this might be it, is there a favorite online tool you have beside your own, like a QD scheduling?
1: Um, I would have to go to Evernote. I mean, I just use it all the time every day.
0: Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night?
1: I shoot for seven, uh, six and a half is maybe the best I do. All right.
0: And then what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kiddos? Uh, married, three kids. Wow. Okay. And how old are you? Uh, I'm 35. 35. All right. Last question. Take us back 15 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew?
1: Uh, well, I guess 20 years in college. But I would say, finished my business degree in college. I did half of it and I didn't finish, and I always think I just should have done it. Why? Uh, and then be t- Why do I want to finish it? Yeah, you're doing great. I did an art degree instead. And so, you know, it just <laughs> seemed like business was probably the better fit for where I ended up in my career. Uh, and you don't want to be like, take risks sooner. Like just, um, you know, like particularly your first job coming out of school, like you can, you can make 50,000 bucks a year doing anything. So do something else.
0: There you guys <laughs> have it from Garrett, North Dakota. Launched the company in 2013, co-scheduled. co-schedule. is the all-in-one marketing and content calendar. They uh, are up around 65 folks on their team, $2.7 million raised, serving 8,000 customers, uh, doing around 400,000 bucks in monthly recurring revenue, healthy logo churn monthly, and obviously super healthy lifetime value to CAC ratio. So rooting for you, Garrett, thank you so much for taking us to the top.
1: Yeah, thank you very was fun.